Hello, welcome. Hi, everybody. What up? Rain Train, good evening. Good evening, Tim. How are you, buddy? You look great. I feel fantastic. How are you? Mm. Oh, you know me. I got my drinks in front of me. I had a great weekend. Oh, you're slurping. <laughs> We're back at it, dude. We're fi- it I mean, all- it's official, dude. The return. We made it, man. It was it was uh, a 48-hour postponement that served us, us both and everybody else well. Yeah, I, I felt really bad. I, you know what? I was I was blown away by people just reaching out. Like, first of all, I actually I was flattered that people were like bummed that we didn't do this Friday night. I was yeah. also a little bit sad for them. And then I also uh, like, people reached out like, "I hope everything's okay." And I was like, "Oh God damn it!" That I didn't want to worry anybody. You know what I'm saying? So sorry if we worried anybody. Worried anybody. And uh, if you don't usually watch it live, then this is a useless message. But uh, nothing, nothing big. Uh, I know we ended the last episode kind of dramatically, right? Was that last episode at the end of the Patreon where Fritz bounced this fucking noggin off the radiator? It was, yeah. It was a Collie episode. Yeah. So uh, Fritz is okay. Thanks, thanks for everyone who reached out about the fucking the Bapos King. He's all right. Uh, nothing, nothing permanent. We followed all the head injury checklists. Um, we made him, you know, we basically it's basically a field sobriety test that you give toddlers, and he was okay. He's he's uh. He's got a pretty wicked shiner still, um, but par for the course for Buddleys, bro. You, you just that the melon just gets fucking knocked around, and uh, he's he's all right. Uh, Did you have him blow into a juice box? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how he starts his power wheels now. <laughs> Fuck that! Could you imagine affording power wheels? Jesus Christ! Yeah, uh, we always had some. I remember one year, like it, it was well-meaning, but I had an aunt that got me a fucking robot and. I always I kept saying like how much I wanted a robot and she's like, Well, I, I got you one and I was like, All right, cool. She got me this Radio Shack robot that was attached to a cord that went only about eighteen inches. So I had to follow this motherfucker around Damn. as I activated him. So That sucks, man. I would have cut the cord. I would have like, No, dude, be free. I would have released him. Dude, I cut the cord on that relationship, man. <laughs> I've been talking to that aunt since. I would have taken I would have dropped him at the fucking front door of uh, Circuit City. Like, bro, go <laughs> be be with your people. You can't fucking confine a robot. You got to take him back to the reserve. So, um, yeah, he's he's good. He, the, I, I was worried the night that it happened because his man, there was a fucking egg on his forehead, and it was yeah, like right above it. the bridge of his nose. So I was like, as soon as I knew he was okay, like he he started crying right away, which is good. You don't want them dazed. You don't want them knocked out, even though it's like you know more peaceful. You want them crying, and then they apparently this is the scary part. And this was one of the this was on the list, right? So he starts crying and then he just laid down and he was completely quiet and still for fifteen minutes. He was awake, he was talking to us, but they just lay down, dude. Like they're that's, like that's terrifying. Like they run out of batteries. And uh I was like freaking out. And Mary just like she's scrolling through her phone, like, no, it's on the checklist. This is good. When, when he was laying to- there, was he like, I've lived a full life? Like, <laughs> All right. We have to go to urgent care yeah. now. Yeah, he's like, put me down, dude. Come on, leave me behind. <laughs> And and then once so then we got we got we knew we were in the clear pretty early, even though we were still freaked out by everything. Um, And we just kept waking him up all night just to make sure he wasn't like getting weird. Um, But uh, yeah, as soon as we knew he was okay, I was just looking at this fucking lump on his head. And I was like, dude, is he going to look fucked up forever? I don't (laughs) like I could understand like getting disfigured later in life, but he's such a fucking beautiful baby. For him to get fucked up looking now would be just be 
a, a tragedy I don't know that I could ever get over. I think I'd rather it be like a, a permanent neurological disorder than for him to have his perfect face just fucking marred. Although, dude, if, if he suffered like a facially debilitating injury, like it would raise his cuteness through the roof. You think? Because he's, so. he's got very Rocky Dennis features. He's got that curly wow. red hair. Like I said, dude, melon for days. You, you don't you don't want a facial deformity on a kid like him, man. <laughs> there was one time where um, my, my middle daughter was born with a cleft lip and we had it repaired, I think, at like six months. And we didn't have a car at the time. And shortly after maybe like a couple of years, maybe a year or so after having it repaired, we were standing at a bus stop and it was had an ad for this thing called the smile train, which provides cleft lip surgery, and cleft palate surgery for kids who can't afford it. And I was holding my daughter, and we were both looking at it. I was like, Liv, what do you think of those th- that kid right there? And she goes, ew. <laughs> <laughs> so thank God we got that shit fixed, man. <laughs> Did, uh, so born with a cleft lip, does it look fucked up right away? Yeah, it does. Um, it was pretty easy to fix because if you have a cleft palate, it's a whole other fucking thing. She's beautiful, by the way. It's not yes, like she is. I don't I don't want to say it like in a patronizing way, like you'd never notice, but you truly would never notice. Right. And that, and that's the thing. And it's like and they, they typically like in America fix them right away. It's when you go to like fucking India and shit like that, where you'll see adults with it, you know, still apparent. Yeah, I feel like I've seen old neighborhood dudes that are still a little bit clefty. <laughs> Do they ever like go halfway or is it like one procedure or is it like a series of them? Uh, first, I used to drink at a bar named Clefties. <laughs> to, no, um, no, you know, what? I think it depends upon the severity. Hers was one and done. OK, um, but there are do you, th- do you know of them or are there ones that like because I, I feel like I've seen dudes where it's like kind of clefty. So maybe it either wasn't that bad to begin with or it was so bad that their parents were like, look, I'm not coming to the fucking hospital all the time for this dude. I think, too, when we were younger, because I remember a, a kid having that and it felt like multiple surgeries. Okay. And I think now it's like they've gotten so good that they can just do it. I they just before, zap them. Before it was maybe just like like a hockey trainer doing all. <laughs> now they have actual doctors <laughs> hooking people up. It's like an uncle setting a broken nose on the fucking field. Yeah. No. Uh, well, so did you are you aware of that kind of thing before they're born? Yeah, we knew pretty early on. Like they told us, they're like, "Yeah, she's gonna have a she's gonna have a heart issue, um, maybe a, a cleft palate, and definitely a cleft lip." She's so, a fixer upper, dude. <laughs> we got her at a good price. Yeah. Um, we got her so a baby she, foreclosure. So, I mean, the only thing we were really worried about was the heart issue. Well, it turns out, I don't know, maybe like the the lady who was doing the uh, sonogram that day had eaten something fucking greasy and like smudged the screen or something. I don't know. Because her heart was fine. No, no, no. They go away. It. Uh, Fritz had a heart thing. Oh, no. It was. A, it was a flap in the ultrasound, and they were like, "You don't want that because the heart like overexerts itself or something, or like it it forms like scar tissue." They're like, "But sometimes it goes away on its own." So we don't. They didn't intervene at all. And That's by the time he was man. born, he he got um. I, they they checked it after, you know, he was uh mostly normal, and that went away. All right, that's cool, man. Yeah, so that, that right, yeah. yeah, so that explains that. So then, so they, wait, did you say that you saw it? They saw it on the, uh, yeah, scans. I mean, you can tell, like, even back then, this was you know thirteen years ago. Things were pretty advanced to where you could see your kid's face close up. Yeah, and it was, you know, it was, it. She just, she was just the cutest little thing, and it was like so sweet to see her with that. 
So it was hard seeing, you know, after she came out of the surgery with it, you know, stitched up, it was just like, oh, it just looks like an entirely different kid. And it's like a weird feeling. So I guess I have to love somebody new now. Oh, how soon after she was born did it get, did you have the procedure? Within about six months. Oh, okay. Yeah. I hope you don't mind me asking all these pressing no, no, questions. No, no. No, well, because all. you're, you're, you're extremely honest and uh, there's like, all the boring parts of parenting, there's also like a sub level of thinking where it's you wouldn't even share the thoughts because they're so dark. Yeah, you know what I mean? You know me, man. I'm an open magazine. <laughs> Did uh, So when you finally were you kind of hoping like, well, maybe it won't look that bad when she comes out or were you already have like, did you already have the procedure lined up before she was born? No, like I, I, I just didn't know what to expect. Another thing that added to it was uh, crippling poverty at the time. Mm-hmm. So it's just like. Honestly, it's just like, you know, I hope she's able to survive and I hope her heart is fine. After that, it's like, all right, will we have money to leave the hospital parking lot after she's born? Oh, my God, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't know that. Well, I, maybe I knew, but they, they keep you at the hospital for three days. Yeah. And I realized while we were in the hospital, I was like, can I get my car out after three days? Am I going to have the money for three days of parking? <laughs> dude, it's like a got towed. But it's like, yeah, we're still at the fucking hospital. Ugh. Dude, that was most apparent for us. Like when we when we had our first baby back in 2003, like, you know, you, there's just different stages of poor and you don't think you can get any more poor. But at that point, one, my car, if we ever got stuck on a hill, the car would stall. And most of the times it would start. So we were in the fucking parking lot. I was worried about paying for parking and also the fucking car starting to be able to pull around and put the baby in it. And then it's like the nurses have to see you put the baby in the car seat. And I was just very self-conscious of how shitty my car was. And I thought there might have been a chance where a nurse was like, no, we can't send a baby home in this fucking car. Like a like a weird inspection. Yeah. They won't, they won't put the fucking baby on board sticker on the back. Yeah. They <laughs> send the guy. Counter, counterfeit baby on board sticker. <laughs> they send the gynecologist out to inspect your car now. Pot looks under the hood. Oh, man. Where, uh, did you have any, like, secret feelings of, like, cosmic disappointment that yeah, the, your kid's face came out fucked up it was there was honestly guilt because like at the time like i was doing coke a lot and like i wondered if like there was any chance that i could have caused that mm-hmm. so like that was a real concern and um i think i had a lot of guilt you know centered upon what i was doing at the time and also realizing that like this was now a real life problem and the realization set in it's like fuck man i really got to get my shit together you were like you had to uh, you had to go full like Homer Simpson afford the surgery mode. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess that's accurate. Yeah. But, you know, I, as things progressed, too, and it's, you know, by the time we got around to my son, you know, things things were going as well as they had gone. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt like a fucking millionaire because I think I might have had like 60 bucks that day he was born. Damn, dude. It was incredible, man. I, I dude, I found a dude's wallet. And it had money in it, and I gave it back to him with the money still in it. I, I met him at a bar and was like, look, dude, I found this. That's patron saint, dude, of yeah, Delco. Yeah, yeah. Good for you. You have an honest heart. Well, yeah, um, they, they actually uh, saw it on the sonogram when I was about to be born. They're like, look, <laughs> I don't mean to I, – I, you need to hear this, but your son has an honest heart. Man. So, yeah, it's uh... – I, I, I think I, I did have moments of panic that I would look at them after they were born. I think that's a very common, like, parental fear is they come out and something unexpected happens or, like, 
anything to detract from like your idea of a, of like a, a perfect baby or not not even perfect but like a, a good one i guess what was it for you though like specifically i don't know they they all came out pretty normal um i forget i think it was ben ben's head was misshapen for a while i had to massage ben's head he was almost a helmet baby and it was because his head was so fucking big that when he was laying down, it was deforming his skull. Oh, wow. So we had to spend time with Ben uh, just holding him upright and massaging his, his head into... I basically sculpted his head with my bare hands. You did a good job. You should think about that, about uh, possibly seeing if that's an occupation. If you're a surrogate skull guy. <laughs> just sit there like Demi Moore and Ghost. Yeah, I, I always felt bad. Like the back of his head was almost completely flat, and it was just the 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 mass of the thing was just it was too soft at the time. It, it couldn't support it. So uh, yeah, I would spend time, and I had like a technique where I was I would take my thumbs and I would I would go to like the side of his head and I would roll them to the back very gently. Mm-hmm. He never complained about it. But yeah, dude, I almost had to have him in one of those fucking styrofoam helmets. Well, did you even consider maybe like a fitted flat brim hat that would maintain the shape? <laughs> Yeah, but that would also give him fucking wigger face. So, <laughs> you know, like your eyes are always half closed. <laughs> That's the risk, dude. His first words were, I'd rather be judged by 12 than carried by six. <laughs> look, we could either put a styrofoam helmet on him and he'll look normal. Or we could put a flat brim hat on him and he'll have to travel everywhere on bike pegs for the rest of his life. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, Fritz, he, he, uh, I fractured my orbital in high school. I deformed my face in high school by, uh, playing around on the ice and I slipped and I, I cracked my fucking head open and uh, I've never looked the same since I, I get fucking real bad sleepy eyes and oh, Fritz's, man. Fritz's eye was all swollen. So I was like, did he just do the same thing? Did he just repeat the fucking mistakes of his father as a three-year-old? And I just thought yeah. about it, like every time I've ever felt self-conscious about like uh, a bad look in a picture i was just like oh no is he gonna have to live his whole fucking life like that now because i walked into a room and he got excited and fucking <laughs> spiked his face into you know cast iron but uh he's he's good he's... man uh, that, that's gotta be a jolt of confidence knowing that you have that effect on people what's that oh that uh he that turned they into throw a themselves in the radiators the second you walk into a room we're very we're extremely close uh, so I, I, maybe him more than the others. Uh, by the way, Shaft in the chat just descri- just described us as having poverty loads for the amount of kids we've had. <laughs> nothing, nothing gets you pregnant faster than being completely broke. It's never an issue. You never have to in vitro. You know, in vitro is a fucking guy you work at at the warehouse with <laughs> when you're poor. Yeah, yeah. There's a. You've I've never heard two poor people be like, yeah, and we're trying to conceive at the moment. It's 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 always like, ah, fuck, dude. <laughs> it feels too good, babe. I can't. <laughs> it's just a hundred percent fertility rate. That the poorer you are, and uh, what I mean, I'm I'm thankful for. I'm not I'm not struggling as much as I used to be, and I got three fucking perfect babies out of it, so. Actually, they weren't perfect. They all had the Ben had a weird head. I think Fritz. Also, I think Fritz. I think his tongue was attached to 
like his his tongue. He couldn't lift his tongue, so we had to go to the doctor. Check this out, dude. What babies? They don't. They'll they horrify babies constantly. First of all, watching a circumcision is the one of the worst things I've ever seen. And second, I, I think it was Fritz. His his tongue was attached too far toward the end, so they lift his tongue slightly and they just cut it with scissors oh, in the doctor's office. Yeah, they're just like, yep. Um, it seems like a war crime. Seems like something that you could get hanged for, but no, they just do that shit to babies. Did he at least do the Uncle Joey from Full House cut? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he. Damn man, that's it's brutal. But uh, again, he's fine. We're fine. I'm 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 happy to report. And uh, again, just thank thank you everybody for uh, the outpouring of concern and support. I didn't want to worry anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you, buddy. Man, we had a great show last night, Tim. We sure did. Oh, and by and also by the way, there there was no uh, serious reason for us postponing uh, Dad Meet on Friday. I just I I worked through the night on Thursday for a work emergency, and then by the time Friday night came around, I was just in a foul mood. I was I called Mike at like seven thirty. I was like, "Can we do this Sunday instead?" And <laughs> the the reason I did it was because obviously I could have I could have just powered through. I could have just put something out right, and I don't think I'll ever do that in my life again because I was making fun of Aerosmith while reading a catatonic youth's fucking Instagram meme, and uh, one of like the the late terrible Aerosmith albums, uh, "Honking on Bobo," I think it was. I, I they gave an interview and they were like. We're only recording when we're in a good mood right now. And I was like, damn. I was I was ready to spit venom. I was ready to be I was I was locking the door to my own fucking nego cell. And I thought, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put out something ugly, dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna process this, I'm gonna get through it. I had some other shit going on that was dragging me down. Um, mostly self inflicted, and I was like, nah, dude, I'm gonna bounce back. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fucking get behind a microphone and be like you know, man, I'm just really going through it right now. I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, there's no value in that to to giving that to people. Um, so I we we canceled Friday night, and then I I laid on the couch with my family, and we watched the fucking new Bill and Ted, and that was the beginning of my fucking pull out of the nosedive. It was so fucking sick. Um. By the way, Bill and Ted rules. Bill and Ted face the music rules. Uh, it's not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it's like 70 minutes of just joy. Uh, pulled me out. I, I, I focused on just enjoying like a few hours with my family with like no, no distractions, no interruptions. And man, it, it, it fucking turned the whole weekend around. And then that led us into our fucking, our brilliant Saturday together, Mike. Before we get into that, I wanted to ask you and, and the bubs too, like, do you think Sunday would be a better night to do this? I kind of think so. I think I like a Sunday night for this, especially when things go back to normal and 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 Friday nights get a little bit more hectic for people. Mm-hmm. And Bubs, like chime in too and let us know what you think, um, because I would consider doing it on Sunday nights instead of Friday nights. Yeah, Sunday I, nights. I, Sunday ahead, nights like definitely has more of a dad meat vibe than a Friday night. I I think so too, man. Um, especially like this week just proved it. Just getting run down by work. And then Friday night, like as as my energy might be at the lowest point of the entire week, yeah. Not not even like it's 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 not hard to record a fucking podcast, but but my energy fucking bottoming out like that, I I feel like I'm I'm not the the potential for fucking sweet vibes is not there as much as it could be on a Sunday night. Sunday night I'm usually full of a 
tremendous dinner. I've probably enjoyed some sun, maybe some swimming, at least something outdoors. I think this is the right call. I do too. But we're getting yeah, some buddy. positive feedback on Sundays, by the way. All right, cool, man. Yeah, I think I would prefer that. But if people prefer it on Fridays, I could do it Fridays as well. Dude, in regards to our show, man, what a fucking rousing success that was. Tim and I just got back in the stand-up recently, and it's been full, full of nerves. We're both working out the wheelies, and we've had a couple shows that enabled us to get out there and just fucking shake off the rust, and uh, it's really been a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, big, big fucking thanks, uh, Peggy O'Leary, yeah, for she uh, getting, you know, adding us to her fucking lineup of punchline. Punchline mixed feelings <laughs> i really got to give it to him it is a bold strategy setting up an outdoor comedy space directly under interstate fucking 95 insane insane dude it looked like a it it looked like a tony hawk level and it sounded like we were on the highway with the windows down <laughs> that was crazy and, dude it was it was even more insane like i i, I don't know how pe- people were getting drinks like every now and again, like a guy would appear well, uh, with like a before, carrier. Before, yeah, before you say that, it wasn't even like in front of the comedy club or in a space next to it. You had to go to punchline. They check your temperature. They give you like a wrist strap. And then you had to walk a block away <laughs> to a parking lot with shipping containers in it. And and that's where this took place. Directly under 95. Cars driving 50 feet over your head. I did not expect that. Like, I thought it was going to be the space that we saw walking into Punchline. Like, they have an outdoor setup right next to the club, which is pretty cool. I actually, I shouldn't say pretty cool because there's another fucking, there's a brewery right next door and sounds fucking flying out of there. Outdoor space is just not like a good space for comedy there, but, but they did it. I don't like any outdoor space. I don't even like high ceilings for comedy. I don't even like comedy, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is pretty much the extent of uh, of what I like about comedy. The, uh, the oh man, you were the fucking best. Oh, thank you, man. Good, you were gonna say something. I'm sorry. I was gonna say uh, my favorite. I think the ideal space and my favorite space to perform is at Helium in Philly. It's it's just the fucking best. Yeah, that's a that's a perfect room. Um, you were the fucking man. If if anyone saw Mike's uh <laughs> picture on uh Twitter and Instagram, the they had like a small stage. First of all, the sound was perfect, by the way. Shout out Trip Sound in uh, Philly. Sound was perfect. That's that's your biggest issue with anything outdoors, especially comedy. Sound was perfect. But the stage was like a little fold-up stage with like a punchline, like backdrop, like a vinyl backdrop. And uh, during Mike's set, the wind blew it over. Did it blow it into you? It did. It blew that. It blew my water, and it blew the fucking stool over. Yeah, and it so- something popped. I think something hit a microphone or something like that. Or unplugged something from the soundboard. I was standing next to one of the PA speakers, and I thought I blew one of my eardrums out. <laughs> anyway, Mike, you were the fucking the way you handled it was so fucking funny. And uh, obviously, I'm not going to tell the whole fucking story, but uh, Mike pretended to uh, that it injured him. Mike pretended it hurt his leg or his back, and he laid on the ground and demanded everyone take pictures. And tag him at punchline and get a hold of someone that was like a manager or something. And he pursued like he was going to pursue a lawsuit. But then he just laid there and it was early in his set. And he did the rest of his jokes. He went back into jokes, just laying flat on the ground in a parking lot. Uh, And on top of yeah, on top of you being the fucking funniest dude in the world, it was uh, 
you, you, it just elevated the whole thing and really turned uh, the night around. I appreciate you saying that. And the highlight for me was when Peggy O'Leary came up to tell me my time was up. You and Ryan Foster came and carried me off the ground and put me onto a dolly. <laughs> <laughs> I got to give everybody the thumbs up as I left. So thank you for making that a reality. That was the fucking best, man. Yeah, that, that was the fucking best, man. It's I, I, I would not probably be doing stand up if we didn't get to get to do these shows together, man. So you're a huge part of why this is fun and why I look forward to doing it again. And we have another show uh, September 11th at a backyard in East Falls, PA. And as we get closer, we'll put out details for that. But, you know, come see us. Come hang out with us. Shout out to Tony for coming to see us. She's the fucking best. She's coming out to a couple of shows that we've done so far. And um, it's just it's very comforting and it's very cool to see people that listen to dad and me come out to these shows. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't believe how many people showed up. That was, that was the other thing. It was like, I thought we were going to show up when I found out I was around the corner. Oh, there was also another, there was a, who was it? Rachel Feinstein. Yeah. Was, was on their main outdoor stage. So they had two comedy shows going on at the same time, uh, which I mean, you know, leave, leave it to them, huh? <laughs> Leave it to what them. Do you mean to... By them, Tim. <laughs> I mean, uh, comedy club owners. Oh, oh, that was another funny thing. I couldn't remember the words. Com- I couldn't remember what comedy clubs are called. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, when you couldn't remember that, I thought about rubbing your skull. <laughs> Just shaping the words back into your mouth. <laughs> oh man, that's just that's just CTE, man. So yeah, that that fucking ruled. And then uh, I got oh, and then I got up and I did the fucking the Twitch Sunday morning coffee stream. I think that's the ticket, dude. I wake up, I do the Twitch, I do the Sunday morning coffee stream on Twitch, uh, and then we do dad meet at night. I think that's I the move. That. We do we do a fucking AM PM. Um, the the fucking coffee stream was phenomenal this week, and by that I mean like the chat and stuff like that. I ended up not playing any video games. I I really want to play video games on Twitch. I ended up, uh, we, I was showing people my fucking emulator setup on my, my, uh, gaming PC. I spent the last week organizing 10,000 video games on a computer with like a, a nice little like presentation for it. It, it looks great. And then we started, um, we, I, I wanted to show people like a, a, a game that had a weird song in it. And then we ended up looking up the guy that made the song. Go ahead, Mike. I just, to interrupt you real quick, what is an emulator? Do you get to like simulate a day in the life of Eminem? <laughs> just going around, just fucking calling your mom a bitch. Yeah, I have 10,000 games about fucking seeing your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we ended up just like going down a rabbit hole of this guy, this 80s Nintendo composer. And, uh, you know, just goofing around with it the whole day. Um, and I found this really weird thing. There was a... Uh, there was a game called Treasure Master in 1991. They were they released it in December 1991, and they gave you until April of 1992 to learn how to beat the game as fast as you can. And then in April of 1992, MTV published or showed a like a secret code for the video game that unlocked like the secret last level. And then you had like 24 hours to play the game through and beat the last level. And then that gave you a different code that you had to call into a hotline with that like verified how long it took you. And then like the, the person that did it the best got like $10,000. And right now I feel like I'm having dinner with somebody from love on the spectrum. I know dude. I know. <laughs> I, I like, I look, I could pretend to be somebody else if, if you or someone else wanted it, but 
I don't think you'd enjoy me as much. I, I see the joy in your face, man. I it it's looks just like such you're, a weird you're lifting up okay. off the seat. So I should have I should how I don't know how I didn't know about that kind of thing. Maybe it's because the internet wasn't around, but like it's it, it just seemed like a, such a remarkable thing that uh, I, I can't believe it slipped by me. It was it was neat. It was it was a joyful experience for me to learn about something new like that that I had no idea about before. I was going to say, what a fucking gift. Like that really was a treasure. Yeah. Oh, and also the guy in the game uh, dresses like me. I think the guy in the game is me. It's called Treasure Master. It's the most it's it's maybe the raddest video game ever made. The dude's wearing like a I mean, he, he's got a fucking hat on and the vibe is all and he has the most powerful walk in video game history and i think uh i think maybe that's what got me going i was like i finally felt seen by this fucking gonna, retarded bullshit are you gonna start to mimic his walk I, I i don't think i'd have to do much i don't i wouldn't have to change much dude wait till you see this dude stomping around look him up it's it's uh i think it was called treasure master um <laughs> treasure master i think i don't remember who said it in the chat but treasure master is also a great term for uh people who run comedy clubs <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like yeah, something Shaft McNulty would say. Yeah, it sounds like a Shaft line. It might not have been though. It could have been. <laughs> could have been Daniel Poon. Anyway, that's gonna be my that's gonna be my speed run game. I think it's been decided. That's my speed run game. Is the fucking the radical masterpiece Treasure Master. And that was what we did. That was what we did for two hours. We we bullshitted about that. We had the highest uh, Sunday rate. The ratings came in, dude. It was the most successful Sunday morning of uh, my career. That rules, man. Yeah, I, and and look at it, look at it now, dude. And now here we are talking. Now we are here. We are doing dab me, and I, I mean, I couldn't be further away from Friday night right now. Yeah, man. Dude, there was something else that happened this week that I just wanted to thank you for. Like we went up to New York to do a fair one with Tommy Pope, and I swear to God, every fucking experience that I have that brings me the most joy is going up to New York with you, Tim. It's never too, not bro. the greatest fucking time on earth. I wore fancy shorts to this fucking show, <laughs> and we had gotten Taco Bell right before we were supposed to go up and do the show, and I got fucking meat on my fucking fancy shorts, <laughs> like a fucking fat dildo. <laughs> Didn't those, spoil my fun. Those are some of the highest level shorts I've ever seen. Dude, I, I got them special. I, I went down to fucking Ocean City, New Jersey a couple weeks ago. I got them. They're special surfing shorts, and I fucking got meat on them. You christened them. Dude, I, I figured this is my this is the, my way of thinking. If you can't put meat in them, put meat on them. And that's what I did here. And we we got to do a show with uh Kali Terrell again, and I was stunned at how big he is. That's a that's a thick boy. Dude, I did not see that coming down the pike. I think I just assumed because he was Irish, he was little. He was the largest immigrant I've ever met in my life. I, I want to check his papers because I don't buy it. <laughs> I have a feeling if I looked into it, I would find out he's from like fucking Duluth or some shit like that. Like he has he has North body. Now, he's so big that now I think he was chased out of Ireland with pitchforks. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, man. Zoom does this really great thing where whenever you laugh loud enough, it, it cuts your volume like it's like noise canceling. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so if I ever say anything funny, I need you to go. <laughs> OK. I'm just going to twist my own nipples. <laughs> yeah, Kali, Kali fucking rules. And man, going up to do a fair one is, is such a fucking treat because uh, Tommy Pope is uh, very cool. You know what I mean? I, he makes me feel like the little brother in uh, Love on the Spectrum. He makes me feel like a double scoop of dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> but he takes us so seriously and he's so uh, genuine and, uh, and kind. 
you'd, you'd never expect it from someone as, as uh, sharp as him. Yeah, dude, he's got the full package, man. I mean, God knew what he was doing when he made Tommy. Yeah, he was on one, dude. Tommy was made on a Sunday night for sure. <laughs> <laughs> thick hog, thick heart. <laughs> yeah, God got his fresh batch of dough. <laughs> Man, how, how have you been doing um, program wise? Because we haven't touched in uh, touched on programs in a while. I've uh, I got to be honest, man. It, uh, my program has I don't know if it's like subconscious or something, but I fucking I ate a cheesesteak at midnight last night yeah. after training the hardest I've ever trained. I woke up today. Visible abs. What? Visible abs, bro. You tell me how the program's going. <laughs> at least four. I had four minimum after eating a cheesesteak at midnight. Damn, dude. Yeah. How's yours? Pretty good. Well, I was going to say to that point, like I did the same thing. I went, I got a fucking a chicken parm sandwich, a bag of chips, a pretzel, and two prosciutto roll-ups, which are like fucking Italian fruit roll-ups. <laughs> and um, I woke up feeling like shit. Right now, like, again, like this is a common theme, but my diet is the only thing like I just, I have to be more on top of because everything else is fucking cooking. About, I would say like three, three to four weeks ago, I started working with a personal trainer, so I'm getting a lot stronger. This week, I'm ramping it up. Um, I'm feeling great, man. I'm getting more and more jujitsu in. Um, creatively, I'm creating a lot. I have plans to make even more. I'm putting some shit up on the Patreon this week. It should be a lot of fun. Um, I'm reading a lot. I got to do Psych Naw with McCusker last week, which was a lot of fun. Hell yeah! Because you know, I'm I'm as big of a fan of his as I am. Um, you know, it's cool being his friend and all, but it's like I'm as big of a fan of what he does. So it was neat to be a, a part of that. Um, things are just really going well right now. And um, I got back to meditating again. There's one thing that I'm trying this week that's new is when I was meditating today. And I think this was prompted by having to take a fucking Twitter break from everybody having fucking meltdowns this week. But when I was meditating today, I kept like the word peace kept kept popping up in my mind so this week i'm just going to focus on bringing peace to every interaction that i have uh, so that's one of my big programs that's goals. one of your natural talents bro oh thanks man I, I, yeah you should take that as far as you can i will so i'm, I'm going to try it. i'm going to do like a, a weekly thing i'm going to see what what comes up the most in, in my thoughts and my feelings and peace is the fucking word this week brother Woo! i'm ready to feel some peace dude i can't wait dude i'm bringing peace to fucking everybody yeah the uh the 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 hysteria on uh, the internet is, I think, getting worse week by week, man. And it, it doesn't need to. Um, yeah, I, f- I don't dude, have, I feel like, like, yeah, there's no prescription for it. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say that uh, I feel like m- with Twitter, I really enjoy it and I could be an observer 99% of the time. But this was the first week in a long time where I had to just fucking take a break for long stretches of the day because normally I'll check it every couple of hours. But this was the first week in a long time where I just had to make a conscious decision that I wasn't going to go on there because it was just, just nonstop conflict and fucking meltdowns. And, you know, I just, I just got to use my time better for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> that reminded me, I can't believe how I ended the fucking punchline show. It was great. Um, I wish we had fucking taped that man. Yeah. Well, and I think for a number of reasons. Yeah. But weird. Um, but the point I was going to make was like I, this week I'm going to see how long into the day I can go without looking at my phone. I'm going to wake up in the morning. I might get an alarm clock. I'm going to wake up in the morning. I'm not going to look at my phone until I absolutely need to, or unless I, it like rings or I get like a me- like I can. 
I can get most of my messages while I'm working. And and as long as I'm working, then I can at least I, I can focus on like I'm not going to fucking browse social media while I'm, while I'm getting shit done during the day. Uh-huh. Uh, if anything, when I kill time, when I'm like bullshitting at work, I'm, I'm in the middle of like a like a 3D modeling class or I'm, you know, sorting through fucking emulators like an autistic dickhead. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to try to get through my house. I'm going to get through my morning routine and I'll look at my phone and then I'll just settle in. And then that way, when I look at it, it'll be to, you know, talk to someone, send them a kind word. And uh, yeah, that was how I closed the show punchline. <laughs> like I got the light as I was wrapping up my, uh, a, a joke. And instead of starting a new one, I fucking bless their hearts on the way out. <laughs> Tim, it was jarring. And I think it's the last thing that people expected to hear because nobody else fucking does that. Every now and again, and you could you could see like people just sat there and fucking watched and listened because it's so it's so out of the ordinary for somebody to speak earnestly. Uh, yeah, it was. Well, it was, I felt it was one of the most autistic moments of my life because it wasn't something I planned on doing. But like I'm so used to doing it on like Twitch or like our live streams and shit like that, that I thought it would be kind of like I thought it would just be a nice thing to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought I was going to get to a point where I was like, please clap. But I didn't. I didn't. They they loved. It. They enjoyed it. I don't know if they I, loved it, but I I was very relieved to see that you were alive today because that's the kind of moment that people have when they subconsciously know they're going to die that night. I had a dream about dying last night. Yeah, but I think it was uh, from spicy peppers. I think I had too much spicy stuff before I went to bed. And I dreamed about dying. I dreamed about dying of radiation poisoning, <laughs> like slowly over the course of months. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you're glowing right now, so. <laughs> Yeah, I feel I feel like it. Um, yeah, dude, I woke up with a real sense that I had I had processed my own death, and I haven't even like, I haven't micro, I haven't done any drugs in a, in longer than I feel like. I'd, oh, that's I, cool, man. I'd prefer to be on some. And uh, yeah, I had a dream where uh, there was a small nuclear reactor in my neighborhood, right next to it. There's a water ice uh, stand down the street from my house. Next to that, there was a small nuclear reactor. It actually was like. The size and like the mechanism of like um, the thing in the basement from Ghostbusters, the the okay. where they kept the ghosts, yeah. And uh, it was like about to melt down and kill everybody, and everyone was just like, "Well, someone will figure it out." Meanwhile, we're getting closer to everyone dying, and I spoke up about. Like, I had like an idea about it. They're like, "Oh, okay, well, you do it." And then it turned out. I think it was. It reminded me of. Um, I think there's the the end of uh, a game. It was Fallout Three. At the end of the game, I think you have to like go in and like sacrifice yourself to turn something off. And I was like, oh, cool. I have to fall out three. I even was thinking that. Way. I was like, this is just like Fallout 3. Fuck. And uh, yeah, I, so I was, I was forced to like, since no one else wanted to do it, I was forced to uh, just imagine like there's a Wikipedia entry on a guy that died of radiation poisoning over the course of months in a hospital. And there's like pictures of him and stuff. I was like, I got to be that guy. And I did. I went through it. And then I woke up. And I thought that I, I thought I thought I woke up on the day that I had to go down to the reactor. Like I was gonna have to get up and, and walk out the door and go do it. Terrible way to wake up, but I felt pretty relieved when I realized that it was all fake. Well, Tim, I gotta say, as far as this radiation dream, I think it's very Chernobyl of you to take the bullet for everybody <laughs> to try to fix yes. things. <laughs> I fucking love you, dude. That's that's I love just, you too. your brain is just so beautiful. Oh, thank you, buddy. I just want to get back to what you did last night because you telling Sorry. those people what you told them and leaving everybody on such a positive note because I feel like everybody did have a good time. Yeah, but it ended up being a very good show. I, I don't want to shit on the was, show. It was great. Yeah, it was, it was a great. great show. It was a really fucking fun show and everybody had a good time. 
but there's a difference between being like, oh, that was fun. And then what you did, which was, I guarantee people were thinking about that on the way home. There's probably people thinking about that today because so few people speak to people like that. I, I hope, I hope, I hope. I mean, I, I, I will always risk being corny, by the way. I'll, I'll risk being a fucking dork uh, because I feel like I actually am. So if you have an idea, otherwise you're a fucking idiot, <laughs> and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll drop the fucking veneer at, the, at any time. So, uh, I guess I wasn't really concerned about how it was received. I, I had general, I had genuine vibes. I wanted to drop on people. Also, have we talked about toxic positivity yet? We have not. I'm railing against the idea of toxic positivity. Um, I saw an article on the Washington post last week and it was like, we need to talk about something like we need to talk about toxic positivity. And I was like, ah, shit, is this going to be about me? Or like, <laughs> is this going to be about the way I think? And, um, not that I thought the fucking Washington Post was going to talk about me. I meant like, am, am I going right. to feel like this is a direct hit? And the article ended up being like, when people have problems, don't just say it'll all be all right or something like that. And I was like, no, dude, this is not, that's not positivity. That's, that's fat behavior. That's fat uselessness. <laughs> I'm, I'm not about free, warm and fuzzies, dude. It's not going to be all right. It's actually, dude. you're fucked up. You're a fucking retard. You suck. Figure something out. <laughs> Fat uselessness is a much better term than toxic positivity. You know what's actually funny is the way that I actually talk could probably, that would be better described as toxic positivity. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, yeah, good. I, I don't know. I, I think that's an unnecessary article for a lot of different reasons, but I don't, many, I don't know many people who even do that shit anymore. I would say most of my interactions come with either people that are fucking doom and gloom or people that are doing the same thing that we're doing here in is that having genuine conversations. Yeah. Well, that, so that was the, the other, that was the, uh, the top of the article was like, it's okay to not be okay. It's like, I, I Give guess so. What the fuck do you, what, what does that even mean? It's okay to not be okay. All right. Yeah. Well then it, it almost seemed to be like encouraging people to just constantly be hysterical, like constantly just, lashing out about problems constantly just like oh i'm stuck like i don't I, what do people want out of life well Tim, that's one thing that i found unnerving pretty quickly on into the fucking quarantine was that people quickly devolved into like oh i'm wearing sweatpants again today i'm getting drunk during the daytime again today and it's kind of funny and it's like yeah it's fine if you're joking about it but for a lot of people that was an extended reality and yeah. this seems to tie directly in with that. It's like, it, no, it's not okay to fucking force yourself into these corners for extended periods of time because you're going to fuck yourself in the long run and you're going to fuck the people around you that look up to you. Mm. So at a certain point, like, yeah, you have to be accountable and you have to fucking do shit to fucking pull yourself out and for the people around you that are looking up to you to fucking say that, okay, it's not okay for me to fucking be a useless dickbag. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that was what bothered me. The point I took from the article was like, now is the time to just shit your pants on the internet every day. No, don't. This is the worst time. Yes. Yeah. But what other choice do people have? I mean, they haven't spent any time cultivating any kind of value in themselves or their their personal lives or the people they surround themselves with. So now it's like, all right, cool. I ran out of Netflix. Uh, it's I, you know, this whole time. The only thing that's been readily available is fucking alcohol and tobacco and fucking drugs. Um, you know, am I going to wait in line at the supermarket or am I going to get fast food? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. 
the despair. The despair is it's it's making me sad in, in a way that's you know I'm, I'm like secondhand sad for people now, and um, I can very quickly let that go because it's like all right, I got my own problems to worry about, and I I just like I don't know. Maybe that's what they're doing. Everyone everyone's secondhand sad. Everyone's like. Maybe they're bored, so they're like, "Well, it's exciting to feel sad." I don't know. We talk about this kind of shit all the time, but it's like it's getting worse, and uh, it doesn't have to. But like, we're preaching to the choir here. If you're listening to this, you're already on board with it. Maybe, maybe I would just encourage people to like, you know, kick someone in the ass, tell someone they're fucking up. (laughs) It, It goes a long way. I mean, for a lot of different reasons, like that's jarring and it's necessary for people. Mm-hmm. just like you did last night like you will get somebody's attention if you flat out tell somebody that you care about you can do better or ask them what are some of your goals that's a big one because i think a lot of times when you approach people with that question they'll just say i don't have any goals and it's fine because you know you know everybody's at that stage at some point but then you know you start thinking like you know what am i living for am i living to fucking wake up go to work and fucking die each day or am i doing shit that i actually want to engage in uh, yeah, like uh, you see a lot of like a lot of sentiment that looks like um like don't ask me what I'm working on in quarantine. Don't ask me what I'm what am I progressing in. I it's okay to like just bottom. And it's like what what why don't you just fucking kill yourself? <laughs> I, I what do you what do you want after this is over? Like is is the main is is your main problem right now that like it's it's kind of difficult to get brunch? What's what's the problem like? What what is what does a good life look like for you? Is it like you miss you miss casual socializing? I don't under I don't understand. Um, although I'm biased, I was never into casual socializing. I've I've been a terrible time for as long as I can remember. Dude, this, this whole thing, this however much longer it's going to last, this is a boot camp. You know this 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 should be boot camp for determining what you're about, what you're into, what your fucking goals are, what your values are, what you're working toward, who you want to be around, who you want to spend time interacting with. You know, what a what a fucking blessing this can be if you fucking flip it into that perspective. Mm-hmm. Because I, I know coming out of this, you know, there's so many different respects where, where I'm stronger because, because of you, because of the people listening to the show, because of the interactions I've had with people listening to the show. That plays a big part and why I've been able to fucking not fall by the wayside during like the past six months. And I'm going to keep it going. You know, it's about, you know, just continuing to build. If you haven't done a fucking thing during this whole time, start now, sit down, write down what the fuck you want to do with the rest of your life. Sit down and write out what's important to you. What do you enjoy doing? Fucking do it. Just whatever it is, just fucking try something. I think uh, I got to be honest, dude. I think I got really defensive about this fucking thing because uh, I worried that I worried that like the way that I'm acting might be uh, detrimental to certain types of people. It's it's fucking earth shattering for people to I mean, you saw it pretty early on when we started doing this. There were people with the fucking snide comments just like, you know, going some people just flat out called us fucking pussies and fucking faggots and shit like this. that's never going away that's fine it will never stop and that's fine it's not going to change a fucking thing we do but then there's other people who are just you know it, it was startling and it was like something to make fun of it's like if you want to do that that's fine but on the flip side it's like 
this this is the way you know doing shit you want to do in life being kind to other people associating with people that you know fucking build you up there's no other way that's it yeah I don't see how anybody can logically argue that other than i'm just you know i'm just making fun of it for the sake of making fun of it that's cool to do that but there's no way to argue that i don't know I'm not down. I'm not down about it. I I just I I'm feeling a little bit of sympathy for people, and uh, you know, whatever. As as long as as long as people find their own way, and I'm just this is I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any answers. So I I just I just uh, if if I could do anything to just encourage people to like seek a path to walk to at least just keep moving you know what i mean that's that's fine that's that would be great um and you know if you just want to hear some cum jokes then cool i got you don't worry about it <laughs> Dude, there was there was something um shout out to mason uh mason sent me sent me a box full of fucking disc golf discs he's a, he's he listens to the show and he's a fucking sponsored disc golf player and he's like yeah would you like some of these i was like yeah that would be awesome but today i got the box and it fucking brightened my day. So just that simple act of just asking somebody if they would be into something and then saying, like, yeah, that would be cool. And then delivering on that. That's going to go a long way. Man, I never considered how nice it would feel for someone to send me something for free. Mike, <laughs> who have you told about this? <laughs> You're the first, buddy. Oh, my God. I'm going to try that. But more importantly, just fucking going out of your way to fucking do something nice for somebody sets off a fucking chain reaction that is going to be contagious. And right now, if there's anything this world needs is contagion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like chill. If only, if only, if only we could find a Chinese lab to manufacture weaponized good vibes and have a, have a little <laughs> bit of an accident. Right. <laughs> Man, that's and I'm looking at the chat now and people just fucking saying I need the positivity and people reaching out to us to fucking it's embarrassing. Not embarrassing. I, I fucking love it. But people reaching out to the fucking like thank us for making this. Holy shit. I, uh, I, I'm eternally grateful that anyone that one person listens to this and uh, to, to just even think that like someone someone heard some of this fucking come talk and was like, oh, I could probably fucking do some push ups. Hell yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Mission accomplished, dude. Everything else is bonus. <laughs> dude, it, dude it, it, it's the best man there's um i feel like before we even started like doing this there was always like this feeling that like oh man i, I, I would love to do this and i hope we have a million listeners and all these other you know weird projections but i would say at about maybe like the six month markets it was if if things stayed the same the way they are now i would be overwhelmed with how fulfilling this is because of the the quality of the people that interact with us yeah if, if not one other person fucking you know latched on to to what to what goes on here i would be i'm, I'm fucking overwhelmed there hasn't been one fucking time where we sat down to do this podcast where i feel like fuck this again it's something that i look forward to every week and as somebody i'm fucking throughout my entire fucking life even as a kid like i've been prone to depression and it, I don't think it's because my brain's broken. It's because I didn't have something to look forward to to keep me fucking moving in the right direction. This has provided that. You're a big part of it. And then all the people that listen to this are that for me. So I feel a compulsion to, in whatever capacity I could serve, 
everybody who gets something out of this, please let me know and I'll fucking do it. Fuck yeah. Yeah, all right, cool. That seals it, dude. And plus the the chat's in agreement, dude. Sorry, sorry if you're listening to this and you're not in the chat right now. Uh the move to Sunday night looks like a, a fucking done deal. There we fucking go. And it looks like a frisbee golf outing is brewing. I would love that, man. I I, I want to learn frisbee golf. Uh Pennypack Park is open. Fuck yeah. I've never I will. I will do it. Oh, that sounds a, lo- a lot along the lines of Treasure Hunters. Pennypack Park sounds like a place where a certain type goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's Treasure Master. Mike. Yeah. Uh, what is a Treasure Master? Okay. Treasure Master. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not real comfortable with the word master these days, by the way. <laughs> well, Treasure Treasure Hunter sounds like somebody who's on the verge of converting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. All right. Well, now, all right. There's Austin in the chat. We're doing a disc golf tournament. All right. Someone's got to show us how. So we'll do it a, a Sunday afternoon, especially since uh, we don't have fucking open mat at jujitsu on Sundays right now. Let's do a Sunday afternoon. We'll go play some fucking disc golf. And uh, is that what it's called? Yeah. Yes. Fuck yeah. Oh, man. Opening up all new worlds, man. Crazy. I'm going to get fucking, I'm going to grow my hair long. <laughs> I love fucking long hair. Have you ever had it long? I was pretty shaggy in high school. I was very, I had very scruffy, shaggy hair in high school, but it was never like, I would love like a fucking beautiful mane, you know? Yeah. Something to really make people go like, wow. It would probably smell good too. I love, you know, I love smelling good. I do, man. Let me get on that. By the way, speaking of gratitude, thanks. Thanks everybody that shared the fucking YouTube kids video this week that I made the fucking conky dongs. That meant a lot. I want to tell you publicly now how proud I am for you putting that out. <laughs> oh, it was nothing. Stop. You, I know it, it's it's nothing because you're the funniest fucking person on the planet. But I'm I was so happy to see you do that because I know it's outside of your comfort zone, and you fucking nailed it. And anything that you do, anything that you put out, will be the funniest fucking thing that people see all day. So hopefully, the feedback that you got from that video was enough to propel you forward to make you realize that. Thank you, Bob. Yeah, of course it was. Of course it was. It was it was bananas. Uh I'll 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 share that publicly on Monday. Thank you to everyone on the Patreon. They got to enjoy it themselves for a, a whole week. Yep. And uh yeah, I appreciate that. Um yeah, I'll fucking bounce that shit out Monday. Probably go viral real quick. Get uh I'll go on like good good morning America or whatever. I'll ex- I'll expose all the fucking pedophiles on YouTube, just <laughs> victimizing our kids, stealing our medicine. All through, all through fucking conky dongs. And that made me laugh. Hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm catching up with the chat right now. Uh, <laughs> I also have to make love at the spectrum with fucking Beezer. <laughs> oh, man, I don't get nervous when I get praised. Corey said I get nervous when I get praised. I don't get nervous when I get praised. I get nervous that someone's going to watch this back and say that this podcast is just two dudes sucking each other off, which it, it is. is. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we Did have to make sure the live chat's in here. It's not us sucking each other. It's like 60 people all sucking each other off. Dude, there was an iTunes review where a guy said, uh, all these guys do is suck each other off for every episode, <laughs> but it's kind of okay. And I was like, yeah, that's the most accurate <laughs> review that anybody could write about that meat. We're sucking each other off and it's okay. <laughs> think think about how much you're leaving on the table. Think about how much you aren't giving the people that you care about. Think about how many people don't even know that you care that much about them mm-hmm. when you're not doing this kind of thing for them. 
it's uh it's phenomenal the effect it has and then the first time you get it back you're like oh i'm addicted to this this is the fucking shit mm-hmm. big big proponent of this fucking coach timmy hart dude that dude's on the fucking path that dude that's the dude to emulate fucking coach timmy hart hart pjj by the way shout out uh the the dude runs the tightest program of any person I know in real life. And uh he's fucking like old. He's like almost forty. <laughs> he's not old. <laughs> he's almost forty. He's got his own family. And all he fucking does I like I don't know what his sleep schedule looks like because he spends every like conscious moment taking care of people. And then also like getting fucking shredded and outworking like he wears people into the ground with the with the way that he fucking gets after it and uh so that's that's a fucking dude to emulate he's like wes watson without all the fucking uh racism in his past (laughs) one of the things that i love about him is like he's if somebody asked me to describe a great leader that i know he might be the first one that comes to mind one of the big reasons for that is he will both publicly and privately ask what can i do better yeah and it's all about serving the people who look up to him and you know and and partake in the services that he provides you know that's the mark of a good leader somebody that's not only going to ask that but you know they're going to implement it after you give them feedback yeah so on top of that's what you can do i don't i i don't know if he would want me like saying this publicly but he did something so overwhelmingly nice for me about or offered to do something so overwhelmingly nice for me about six months ago that it was like it was like i could feel like my heart fucking breaking was he going to beat up one of your bullies? Yes. Hell yeah. He would do that. I know he would. <laughs> but just the fucking coolest fucking dude on earth, man. Yeah, that's that's a role model. That's a fucking tight programmer. Fuck. Um, let me see where we're at right before I before we fucking hit anything else. Let me see where the fuck we're at right now. Uh, oh, we never hit record. All right, we haven't done anything yet. No, we're at like an hour. Let's uh Let's take a little minute here to ourselves. Let's switch over to the Patreon. And take a blue chew. If <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not on that train yet. Go yeah. to bluechew.com, promo code fatbird. Get loaded up. Get your bird juice stuff. And I think, come back and see us. I think I said it on a fair one. I'm going to start uh, microdosing blue chew. <laughs> Just increasing bird health. <laughs> Dude, if you take a little bit, it actually doesn't fucking make you hard during the day, dude. You can actually go about, you can go to work. You go to work on it. It's like pretty fucking sick. <laughs> Your bird's like more discerning about who it goes into. <laughs> if uh, if I if <laughs> I take a microdose every other day and then on weekends I take like a triple dose and that's like when it gets really fucking cool, dude. <laughs> dude, if you microdose blue chew, you would have to like, I think you would take it by like making your dick snort it like you were putting a straw <laughs> up your nose to do coke. Just going up the line. <laughs> Did I get show it to your buddy? Do I have anything? Do I have anything in my nostril? Yeah, you just a little wipe. Oh, all right. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us for the uh, the the free cast this week. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna switch over to the Patreon, which will also be live. Uh, give us a couple minutes. Um, thank you guys for listening to the audio version. And, uh, yeah, dude, fucking go get some Bluetooth promo code fat bird. They'll get, they'll get you set on that free trial and you can just fucking wreck your meat. You can get deep in someone's fucking kid hole. It's all cool. It's all, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's all great. There's no, there's no wrong way to go about it. 
All right. We love you, bubs. We'll uh we'll see you over on the page. Love you guys.